Pastrami. Boom, boom, boom. Pastrami hour. Like that. That's the beginning. That's perfect. That's the perfect intro. Cut and dry. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most gorgeous thing I could have ever expected. Well, fellow internet people, I am Cheech Guevara. And I am the Smash Brothers Liberation Front. Uh, but you can just call me John. Every every time your names just get better and better, I swear. I uh, I had a Christmas name, but we decided in solidarity with the veterans of the war on Christmas to not do a Christmas episode. So I was the Christmas Elf Liberation Front. And I just want to point out um, big ups to the Elf Strike this year. We want to see more of that when we hold solidarity with them. And one day that the elves will control the North Pole. If you're wondering why nobody got Christmas presents this year, it was because of that strike. But the globalist media is lying to you about... I couldn't even go further with that. <laughs> I don't know enough reactionary topics to, to even bullshit it. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? That's, that's all right. I, I feel like, you know, there are already enough leftists who consume... Uh, reactionary media and break it down for us in very funny ways that we don't we don't have to be those dudes all right yeah, we're, we're the next generation we're the... We're, the, we're the next we don't read shit we don't read theory we don't read newspapers we're just out here on the streets agitating for change all of my theory comes from life experience yo you know you know what they say is everyone's got a theory until you get punched in the face so here we are we're bringing back nerds get punched <laughs> that's some nice marks you got there be ashamed if anything happened to it <laughs> i'm a i'm a anti-marks pol potist i have to admit i didn't realize that pol pot had so like actually any theory to him with that was the let's genocide all the nerds right anybody who reads or has glasses gets killed oh wow i still obviously i'm still very uh, I'm at the beginning of my edu- re-education. Well, my um, only education with Pol Pot is memes. So, like, it, yeah. that could totally be inaccurate. They could have been, like, woke as shit or something, but no idea. Uh, the only the only woke thing is uh, Pol Pot was bad, and so is U.S. intervention. Also, uh, just, to, just to kick it off, uh, since we've been rambling, how was your holiday? I gained, like, 20 pounds, so... Uh, Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. I ate gains, gains, gains. It wasn't good gains. It was Christmas gains. Yeah. So my my holiday was good. I uh, showed back up to. I uh, I met with my family again uh, for the first time in like years. Uh, I was able to spend Christmas with them, and I I I feel sort of bad because I get I get the feeling that I am a little bit of a disappointment because you know it's like I'm at the age where they're like, oh, you, uh, when are you gonna bring a girl? home and it's like oof and it, it's not even that like i'm gay but it's like i am so bad at social interactions i ooh, maybe you should tamper your expectations a little bit there um yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good thing fucking yeah my sexuality is i want to build <laughs> i want to build as much of a bunker as i can in the next 12 years to survive the ecological collapse that's pretty much what i'm attracted to like farming tactics and shelters. Yeah, my mom was uh she she flipped out on me at one point where she was like, Yeah, see this is this is why you're very stubborn. It is because 
I it was we were talking about Black Panther. And I was like, hey, did you see Black Panther? And she was like, yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to meme a little bit. And I was like, did you think Killmonger was right in trying to arm uh, oppressed peoples around the world? And she was like, well, I, I don't I don't know. And I was like, well, when you look at like uh, the way that Castro handled the revolution by arming the workers, and she was like, all right, stop right there. <laughs> you do this. <laughs> stop it with the communist shit yeah she was just like you know we're talking about a movie and i was like yeah but if we're gonna talk about times when oppressed peoples have been armed and that's actually been a good thing because I'll, I'll tell you what like between the workers or um the u.s policy of arming uh religious fundamentalists in the middle east i can tell you which one has been like not destructive even towards our own society yeah arming oppressed people or a arming like literal fascists which one which one should we do so that's that's the that's that's the thing so my my new year's resolution has been talking less politics with people that don't that aren't ready for that conversation um and it's going all right you know i just talk a little bit less now in general uh but hopefully i'm less annoying to the people around me well, I, I personally, I would make sure to follow that policy only with people that you like genuinely care about, you know, like family, that's totally understandable, because it's like, you know, you don't, you don't want to, some people just don't care about politics. Like I have my brother, who is just pretty apolitical, you know, every once in a while, I can get him to talk about some things, but in the, in the most of it, he just doesn't care. And it's yeah. like, with people you care about totally valid to not destroy your relationship with them to try to push the leftist agenda but and, yeah yeah anybody you don't care about though the fucking just shove it down their throats just kick it kick it all the way down their throats distant uncles fuck you distant uncle you get the entire history of capital <laughs> yeah and that there's this like sort of there's this change in in my holiday where the first couple of days I was there and I was talking to family members. It was like because all of a sudden, like they hadn't seen me for years, and it's like all of a sudden I'm critiquing like U.S. labor movements, the Democratic Party, and we are a very democratic family. Um, being a black family from New York, and my grandfather is like a first generation immigrant. Um, you know, there was a time when Democrats were all right and. And that was the New Deal. And, like, you know, their turn to being sort of uh, ghoulish doesn't happen to, like, Jimmy Carter um, in earnest, you know. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of things where where I was, like, having conversations at, like, Christmas, at the, like, our, at our Christmas party and just at, like, dinners where I'm meeting everyone again for the first time in years. And, like, everyone's very interested. And my mom's like, oh, God, why are you doing this? This is all you talk about to, with me. And it's, it's it's not. It's just that there's very little that, that changes in my life that's, like, even worth telling people. And I get a lot more interested in the news. But the one thing, the one victory I will say that I, I had uh, talking and talking to my mom is uh, she now sees that, like, a revolution is inevitable. So, like, I've won. I like I sort of convinced her not to like maybe change 
how she looks at politicians currently, but in that going forward, there has to be change of some sort. And I guess that's the most I could ask for of convincing like a 59 year old woman, like, hey, things need to be different. And now she's now she's like that, too. So small victory. I think um, a lot of the people that I interact with, too, whether it be family members or coworkers, are also to some extent, like pretty sure of that as well. Like whether it be, you know, we need to have a big constitutional convention or an actual revolution or, you know, hey, the people in France are doing something that works, maybe something like that. But everybody yeah. in their own way, it seems like they kind of know that shit's just hit a wall. We're stuck. There's, we've hit the end of this rope and we need to do something different. And and speaking of of uh of hitting the wall, the government shutdown, that, that's just been crazy. Um so just, how much just, of a shutdown is it really? Like Um, it's a shutdown for like all the government agencies and stuff. So like the FBI can't do background investigations. I'm not sure what the IRS is doing. Um, I'm not even sure if is mail going out. I'm not even sure. A lot of government workers are are going without pay right now. Not not the you know not the assholes responsible for this. Like the Congress, they're still getting paid. But yeah, definitely. What about military? Are they getting paid? I'd assume they don't want yes. to piss off the whole military. They are getting paid and like the it's i mean it's always been a big thing like i think there was at one point uh where they misstepped and let the military not get paid um but... <laughs> hey we have all these guns and you're not paying us uh... yeah that'll be a further topic um in the future i'll i'll visit uh military labor activity on the podcast y'all get ready for that um but that's not that's not the that's not the only wall um, that we're running into as far as the government shutdown and shutting down over the wall. But in general, since we're talking about government inaction, how about that global warming? Uh, it seems pretty cold outside, so uh, seems is like it... you were wrong. <laughs> no, is it, is it really cold where you are right now? Oh my god, it's fucking freezing. It's been like 30s this whole week. I live in a fucking desert. Damn. It's... So I'm in Missouri. It's 41 right now. out. It's, it's noon. what? 41 out right now, and it's noon. So, so the the thing, I'm not sure like what your usual, uh, what your usual climate is like over there, but in New York and Missouri, where I've where I've been for the past month or so, um, those two places in New York, it was in the 50s during the winter, like like I'm talking like during the, like that's not normal in missouri right now i'm Wait, pretty city or state new york city or state city okay that's slightly understandable because of the ocean they're like relatively yeah. close to the ocean and i know that has an effect on la like la never gets this cold because they're like or not la san diego like a lot of the yeah. coastal cities don't really get that cold because of the ocean kind of neutralizes something 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 I mean, I mean, sure, but we have had like there is a winter, you know. There, there should be a winter. It's just a little weird. And now in Missouri, it's like in the fifties right now. Like I walked outside in shorts. Yeah, it's it's getting colder in places where it was hot. It's getting hotter in places where it was cold. It's getting so volatile. Remember 
two years ago or three years ago where New York had the fucking negative 20 day or week or something because of that fucking ice storm or some shit. I don't remember. But it was negative 20, which like I knew how that felt because I worked in a freezer at the time. And uh, that's the weird part is that when you're looking at the effect that the global warming is going to have, there's like a delicate balance of factors that allow us to have enjoy certain like weather phenomena like uh the jet streams which will be destabilized and they'll disappear and weather will get super fucking crazy at that point because we depend on like these air currents to affect our seasons and once we lose jets like i really don't so much shit that's about to go wrong like it's kind of overwhelming but it's very important that we kind of observe this stuff because it's getting a lot easier to be like to argue with climate change deniers like i do it at work constantly people are like oh climate change that doesn't work i'm like are you kidding me like 90 percent of the rivers can't uh sustain healthy life like there's just so many easy statistics to pull out like go outside and show them the grill on their car and be like look no fucking bugs when i was a kid you would have to avoid the front of a car like the black plague because you would just get covered in dead bugs. I went out there like last week to check like all the cars in the parking lot and there's like no bugs. Uh, my summer statistics for Missouri and I do a lot of highway driving is I maybe have killed three bugs with my car. That's so ash. I mean, I know it's winter, but even during the summer and stuff, it's like astronomically low. It's like, Oh no, that that was summer that was summer statistics. Oh geez. Yeah, it's it's the windshield effect that's coming out that a lot of environmental scientists are talking about because you know we're going through a big giant death of a lot of everything. Yeah, uh I think uh in 2018, and this is a statistic that I think recurs with a slightly higher percentage each time, but the latest statistic I think 2018. Uh, was like up to 70% of wildlife has <laughs> disappeared <laughs> at this point. I'm not sure when they're measuring from. Let me let me go back into my science daily. Um, between 1970 and 2012. So this is going to be slightly um, reduced, but uh, the global population of vertebrates, and so this is an in- insects, but we can look at that, uh, has declined by 58% between 1970 and 2012. Animals in the world's lakes, rivers, and freshwater systems have experienced the most dramatic population declines at 81%. So that's that was that was way back in uh, 2016 uh, when that was reported. And I'm sure we could find much worse statistics, statistics about it. But I mean, there are other things. Uh, I'm sure we've all read news articles about bees, which are very important for pollination. So also plants. And uh, that's that's this is sort of this is sort of where we are. I got um, one with uh, insects right here pulled up by it for another article, but um, or another thing, uh, but blah blah blah. A team of scientists concluded that the flying insect population had dropped by a staggering seventy six percent by a t- over a twenty seven year period. Yeah, that's a yikes for me, fam. We depend on all this stuff like so drastically to be able to survive that it's like, you know, if bees went extinct, and you hear about it a lot, but there's no way to innovate out of that. There's no way that we could, it, short of just going through the singularity and just 
getting all the techno technological advancements that we'd need to to get to that point. Like, we're fucked. There's no way to replace beads. Mass pollinization is like have you have you seen how people have to do that manually? They like pay people to smother pollen on trees and shit and plants, and it takes way longer. It takes even paying like migrant workers almost nothing. It takes so much money and time to do it because pollination sucks. Damn. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing when I'm around like 62 and I still can't retire. <laughs> At least I know there will be jobs. <laughs> oh, there's there's not going to be any food growing. We've already suffered like a 58% food production uh, loss in the past like four years or something. I don't remember the statistic, but it's a big loss of food production, which is kind of scary because that usually doesn't happen unless there's like a dust bowl or something. Hold on. I am going to subject you to my mechanical keyboard. I also have a mechanical keyboard. Yes. And all right. So that's where we are. Um, there's an eventual uh, ecological collapse uh, where things are going extinct. Things are just are not reproducing as often. Uh, and it's not just millennials. Um, uh, let's see going to affect everybody like the of the numbers like that are actually being estimated for this like the amount of people that are going to be displaced by climate change is like two billion two billion people like a fucking a fourth of the world's population is going to be displaced yeah and uh the worst part about that is i've you know the if if you allow me to get a little conspiracy theory like um we already have plans for that where the idf and this was reported in 2017 the idf uh israeli defense force um has been training us police departments around around the nation i know this has happened to me uh near missouri um i'm sure they've done it for st louis but i've heard it happening in springfield as well and you know like the IDF is not the police force in Israel. It's the military that helps keep penned in Palestine. So, like, we're, like, it seems like, and especially as we're deploying the U.S. to the border to, for the first time, to keep out migrants or asylum seekers with military force, it seems like we're getting ready to do that here. Yeah, this is practice. Yeah, and it seems like this is the major uh this is the major project rather than finding a way to take what we have and just distribute it uh in an equitable equitable uh manner amongst the entire population. We're just going to get ready to reinforce the structure we have right now of the haves and have-nots. And it's so impossibly short-sighted and it's a very like critical point against capitalism being concerned about long-term anything. Because if you look at it, every single migrant that you have increases the amount of roads, public transportation, doctors, teachers, all of these like quote unquote skilled labor, which I don't believe exists because good luck finding like grabbing the McDonald's CEO and throwing him in a McDonald's kitchen and having him hold his own weight. Because fucking everything takes experience and knowledge to be able to do well. But 
that's besides the point and for another topic but it's... yeah we will roast ceos on another day um today is about all of us roasting and but every migrant that we would have like let's put all the infrastructure and all the jobs created aside we could bring back industry to this country with the amount of people that are not only willing to work in an industrial job because you know we've had an entire generation or two of young adults basically brainwashed into hey you need to go work with a computer otherwise you're not going to get anywhere in life yeah and just told that manufacturing is gone like it's not coming back we get blamed for not filling these industries but it's like i never even heard of land surveying before i met somebody in it and then got a job in it it's like we want these jobs we just don't know they exist there there are other things as well where we're looking at restructuring the economy obviously something is going to have to happen because how you get here and by here i mean where we now have like the ipcc report that sort of is the source of all our doom and gloom and has been for the past couple months uh since like october of 2018 we got here through uh capitalism winning uh basically um, and since then, we sort of have always had global warming on the back burner. It's been a thing in our minds. You know, we all grew up with Captain Planet, but we haven't done anything about it because it's not profitable to uh, a lot of these oil and gas companies just have sort of been blowing smoke for years, for decades, for longer than this has been now at the crisis point. And it's important to acknowledge, one, the ideological project that has gone on to dismiss climate change, but also how it's happening, where we are right now, and just how much we have to change. And I would say that uh, we're pretty uh, flat-footed to deal with this crisis, especially from a political point of view, where all the people in in power, I would say all the adults in the room, just refuse to look at this from like an immediate standpoint. You know, our favorite dancing socialist, AOC, or no, we can call her representative AOC now, Representative AOC has sort of been dismissed out of hand. Uh, Her Green New Deal was completely scuttled. And even though there has been a climate change panel put in the House, you know, the Democratic Party is still taking donations from a lot of oil and gas companies. So it's 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 not very hopeful. It doesn't look hopeful at all. Yeah, they have like no power in that panel either there's like no power to subpoena and there's no power to push legislation through so it's like they're just kind of like there to talk yeah i mean the worst part is is like when you look at aoc's green new deal not and we do have to criticize our queen even though she's like the she's like the only one we got uh along with uh who's the other guy who voted against pago well oh it's it's the representative from california um that i forget i'm from new york so excuse me for only being for only having eyes for aoc right now uh aoc's green green new deal that she advanced for was still even a compromise from what the green party has been pushing for years and years like there is like the green party has pushed forward a green new deal which would completely reorganize our economy and is very progressive uh head and shoulders above aoc's thing and even aoc's compromises of of something that is realistic enough or rather it's compromised enough to go through the congress has just completely been ignored even something that is plausible to get passed within this congress is just not 
enough. Like we we need a massive outing climate change deniers in the in Congress to be able to have the amount of votes that we'd need to even pass something that would be moderately helpful. But it's just all it's all too little. You know, carbon taxes aren't really going to bring a significant change in the next 12 years, no matter how drastic they are. Yeah, I mean, and also look at uh, the way carbon taxes, like the effect they've had over in France, is that what what ultimately happened is the carbon taxes were passed back on to consumers. And once again, you have like the working class, once again, subsidizing all the changes that need to occur within the industry, which are ultimately beholden to uh, the interests of just capital. And you can't continue to tax everyone for something that's in control of like 500 companies. And hold on, because I, sh- I should have the statistic pulled up, but it's like 500 companies uh, are responsible for like a great portion of our pollution. Or rather, just 100 companies are responsible for most of, most of the world's carbon emissions. Uh, 71% is what it came from. Well, put forward from the CDP. Yeah, this is why all the like paper straws movements and hybrid cars, it's all so ridiculous. The paper straws are like 0.002 of the plastics pollution in the ocean. Whereas like fishing, uh, industrial fishing is like 90% of it. Like if we wanted to do any kind of change, regulate industrial fishing. But again, it's too late. There's all that plastic in the ocean. There's we've hit the the runaway snowball of carbon emissions where we've got it to the point where the permafrost is melting and it's releasing vast pockets of methane into the environment. Methane being way more of a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. So it's like we're we're kind of getting to the point of no return and short of us just like shutting down everything and just figuring this out, we're not going to avoid it. Oh, yeah. It's 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 super bad, and even the IPCC report, their best case scenario is like a 1.5 degrees Celsius increase in global warming. We're not even going to stop it. It's it's too late for that. And that's with shutting everything down. That's that's with shutting everything down and beginning to actively extract carbon from the atmosphere. That's fucking. Cr- I don't even know if that technology exists yet. Like we have to well, invent, uh, you know, trees. Yeah, yeah, tr- yeah, trees. I guess <laughs> the, the most advanced technology of all, trees. <laughs> I would say that photosynthesis is a very advanced thing. Um, I'm not sure if they were just talking about trees though. In as far as like carbon extraction, no, we need like robot trees or some shit because we've killed like you know the Amazon's the last one of the last effectible climate or uh, carbon yeah, the- reduction sinks. Yeah, and yeah. it's being killed because of our new. Uh, fascist overlord in brazil jay baloney sorrow yeah uh, jay bolsonaro uh and it's unfortunate because bolsonaro is still being praised by a lot of economic uh news outlets as exactly what brazil needs to turn it all around and you know there are a lot of concerns uh there are way too many bad things about him um just how he is silencing political critics and just you know he's suppressing the left he is probably gonna murder the indigenous 
Um, he might genocide uh, sexual minorities as well, the LGBTQ community in Brazil. He's already rolled back rights for them. Yep. And then the icing on the cake uh, for that is that now he's just going to slash and burn probably what remains of the Amazon rainforest. And we fucking need that shit. <laughs> like, like they're like, I'm not sure if the IPCC report includes us temper, like not even temporarily, just getting rid of the Amazon rainforest and having to start with so little. I don't even think they had the foresight for like a fascist overtake of Brazil. Uh, they're not and... usually concerned with political science, which is like if you bring in political science to this whole debate, like it's fucked. We're even more fucked. No matter how you look at this, we're fucked. Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad because the people who, who control things, um, I I feel like the people who are in control have the resources are hedging their bets on being able to. Sort of to survive the worst things that are about to be visited upon us. It's kind of telling that a lot of the richest, the, the richest man on the planet's trying to escape the planet. Like fucking Jeff Bozos over here trying to fund mm-hmm. all the space programs that he can. Like that pisses me off so much that they're going to go build space communism, but just with like the rich people. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, we have to uh, plug our sponsor, Jeff Bozos. The, uh, this is the Jeff Bozos podcast. Currently on Amazon, if you go to our link, uh, Amazon.com slash Pastrami Hour, you can actually buy uh, the Lola Bunny body pillows that go on to fund um, the Antifa. So. <laughs> Antifa Lola Bunny. Yes. I, I forget about our sponsor. I, I keep forgetting those million dollar checks he sends me every month. <laughs> oh, man. That's 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 a very Faustian thing to think about right now. How much money would it take for me to to shut up right now and just accept that the world's gonna die and also aid in its hastening? Um, who knows? Hundred thousand a year. Hundred thousand. Oh man, that would be great. That is about four times over. Probably because over four times. About here's the thing. I'll shut the fuck up, but I'll I'll just go buy my forest land and build a commune and then when shit collapses and money's not worth anything then i'll be like hey i read all these books and i got all this land come here yeah i feel like i feel like that's that, that's needed now because there there aren't a lot of indications of uh left-leaning people who are getting ready for it uh the most i've seen as far as like uh looking for progress outside of electoral politics is uh, the Black Soldiers of America who have been sort of teasing uh, a a new economic project, dual power. And I think it's going to be like some sort of co-op project. But even that can't address uh, the need to stop the runaway industrial sector. I don't, I don't even know how to put it because it's, it's, just, it's just very worrying right now uh, where we are. Uh, like I said, the Amazon rainforest, which is a huge carbon sink, is about to disappear. Uh, we have to take immediate action to limit the amount of global warming we're about to have. Wildlife is dying off at an incredible pace. We're probably going to see a lot of weather, weather phenomena, uh, like the jet streams, just completely disappear, which is going to hasten more extreme weather. And... The only thing in U.S. politics, which 
should probably be of note because we visit a lot of these uh, exploitations from the rest of the world. We should, uh, we don't even have like a Green New Deal ready. You know, we couldn't even do the, the baby version of the Green New Deal. The Green Party has been a joke for as long as I've been alive. And it, it just it just all looks bad. And nothing looks good. To me, at least. Honestly, I can be very... Uh, uh, admir- I admire people on the left who are trying to, like, you know, not only prevent the climate collapse, but try to find ways that we should, you know, organize and survive afterwards. Because coming from like a realist perspective, I guess, uh, I don't believe we're going to have any kind of meaningful change or do the things that we need to do before that collapse happens, just because of the like, apathy of the average person. You know, if you look at historical revolutions, people usually don't care until they're hungry. Oh, yeah, that's. And and that's sort of where we are is like, yeah, there have been militant labor union. uh militant labor movements um that have existed and not necessarily in in an ecological sense uh but just more so when you have people who are truly and truly poor uh such as like in west virginia um the the militant labor strikes that they had to do and fighting against actual paramilitary troops that were trying to break up strikes like that really doesn't happen anymore because like one we don't even get to the point where we strike <laughs> yeah we don't even we're not organized and then two is like it's life doesn't suck that hard for that many people you know we're we're inching we're inching our way back you know the austerity policies put upon us uh are slowly pushing us back you know they stripped away the marginal tax which AOC has recently recently put forward as funding the green new deal They've stripped away like marginal taxes that, you know, were at one point ninety percent and now are I don't even fucking know. And we've even given new additional tax breaks. I can't I can't even go for that. Like it's it's just so bad. And then seeing the new Congress come in and Nancy Pelosi on top of scuttling the Green New Deal from advancing forward currently has also reinstated the pay go deal. So meaning like if the government wanted to do something meaningful about climate change uh, or if the house wanted to try to push something forward, any sort of reforms that they'd want to push forward or uh, new projects would have to be offset within the budget somehow. And you know, it's coming from education, mental health services. Yeah, of course it's not going to come from our huge overinflated like DOD budget. Like how, how dare you think that? <laughs> what? You think what? Is it, what are we progressives here? Speaking of progressives, I think it might be well to kind of smash any hopefuls that we have, possibly in the audience, who think that we actually can change this through, you know, voting and policies and legislature. You know, so we should take a moment just to discuss the amount of stuff that we're going to have to change. So. First and foremost, you know, a lot of people are just on this whole, like, solar panel, like, oh, we just need to get to green energy, and then we'll be fine. But the fact of the matter is, like, most of that stuff is made from plastics, and plastics is 
one of the worst contributors to our situation right now. If you don't know, plastics have this awful habit of never fully degrading. They just kind of break down into micro parts that kind of bond together loosely. So we have this film of microplastic just in the entire ocean. Fish are consuming it at like a vast rate. You know, most of the fish that we consume has like a trackable amount of like a plastic, ton of plastic yeah. in it. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're eating plastics now. And, it's, and if you love sea salt, I uh, guess what has a very substantial amount of plastic in it. And plastic is so carcinogenic and it might also explain the upsurgence in like cancer and stuff that we've seen lately, how that's just kind of blowing up constantly and being worse and worse and worse and worse. But yep. it, it's, it's going to be so much more than that. Like the plastics things alone is just going to fuck us because most of our agriculture, our electronics, our, our tools, our equipment, our consumer goods, our cars, our transportation, our airplanes, all of that has so much plastic in it. And it's, we, we not only have to like stop using it completely because of the way that it degrades, like it's not just like stop making it, but it's, we have to not use it. Otherwise it will degrade and it will, unless we properly dispose of it, but how are you going to do that? I I uh, do not have a plan. I move that we table <laughs> the plan on how to properly dispose Build a of Lego it. asteroid and just shoot it into space. Oh man, I I actually have no idea. The other the the last point I want to bring to this is the the cities. How most of our like living places are organized is mm-hmm. they're inherently unsustainable. Like cities, if we define them as places large enough to have to import necessary goods, such as like food and water, like that is inherently unsustainable. And I don't like quoting Marx too much, but in Capital, he talks a lot about the division of labor. And even if we were to like equalize everybody in that sense, there would still be a power relationship between the people who grow all the food and the people who need all the food. So sometimes Marx was right. I would I would say that's that's a pretty good track record for any political theorist. Sometimes I would right. his analysis of economics pretty well. You know, I think he was wrong about a few things in it, but like a lot of his solutions are kind of outdated or just like wrong. Like he kind of shipped vanguards a lot. Engels is quoted as a revolution is the most authoritarian thing ever. So it's just kind of like, you know, if they weren't wrong, it's just too much room for interpretation to get to, Mm -hmm. you know, Stalin. (laughs) Kind of blame them for that. I I will say this. The the one thing, uh, if I'm allowed to like Stalin for anything, is police violence against the rich. Um, Maybe sometimes that's good. Yes, definitely. I can support that. A lot of people Um, against the police are joining the Yellow Jackets, but hey, I'm for it. They want to repent for their crimes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's that's our that's our depressing that's our for, uh, depressing update on the world and just a and little a, quick uh, depressing podcast. Well, hopefully quick. I don't know how long this was. <laughs> I th- I think this was like twenty minutes or ten minutes or maybe I think we got under twenty minutes. This was this was a, a real quick. A real good quickie. Uh, I hope you enjoyed enjoy. our five-minute podcast. 
Yep. And uh, stay tuned next time for uh, just when when we uh, individually, instead of talking about roasting all of us, we just uh, roast the rich. Roast the rich. Hashtag roast the rich. Maybe it'll be a charity function if we can, you know, release any podcasts. Oh, yeah. That time. That that will be uh that will be the thing. Uh, we will take all of the roasted meat from the rich, uh, for consumption for people who do not have enough food to eat, and distribute it. Yes. Equal distribution of cannibalized meat. Wait, is it cannibalism? Because I don't think rich people are people. Yeah. See, that's that's the interesting thing. Uh, I'd have to really look at it and search my soul, but I really don't think they're people. Yeah, me neither. Uh, well, give my co-host a follow over at at xjohnvaldez on Twitter if you want some yes. juicy anti-libertarian content. Yes, if you want to see me trying to infiltrate libertarian community and slowly trying to get them to admit uh, what they're doing over there, because it's not good, uh, Yeah, just give me a follow at xjohnvaldez. Or if you uh, just enjoy... Uh, good leftist memes. You should give my co-host a follow over at Cheech Quivera. 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 <laughs> that sounds like a Q. Quivera. <laughs> Q. Quivera. I am Quivera. <laughs> he has a he has a lot of good Q content. <laughs> no, no pizzas here. We are very oh, anti Q. Well, I have company, so I have to run. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, as always, we are the Pastrami Hour. Pastrami. Pastrami. <laughs>